holiday season. And wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC, especially if you are one of our geeks in sneaks using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run. You got that that holiday meal, you got the pies, you got the cakes, you got the goodies. We're going to be with you in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes with gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week. Delivered the way we love it to be, and that is completely free. Thanks to our sponsor this week, Eero. Eero is bringing the show to you, DLC, of course, the show, all about games. And there are many forms, games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles, and also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Kanata, which is spelled with two N's and one T, and I am joined, as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis, the guy who brings balance to my force. Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. Hello, Jeff. Hello, listeners. And shout out to the wonderful people I got to see in Salt Lake when I was there doing shows this past weekend. We had a a bunch of listeners come out and and say hi before and after shows, and it was a real treat. So thanks to everybody that did that. Did you see that last Jedi? I did. I saw that last Jedi Thursday at 1120. We did a show, and then I walked uh, through the cold to the movie theater in the same complex, and it was amazing. Yeah, I loved it too, man. Loved that last Jedi. I could do a whole another two hours. I did two hours on on the slash film cast about Last Jedi. I could do another two hours about Last Jedi. This is a total non spoiler thing, but the reason it's called the Last Jedi is because it's the last Star Wars movie with the word Jedi in the title. Right? They all have one. Well, how do you know that? I'm just making a dumb joke, Jeff. Oh, I didn't. I didn't get it. All right. Uh, we we clearly are not uh, destined to talk about. Uh, movies on this show. We're talking about video games, and the good news is we have an awesome guest to do it with. You know that DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian, but this week, oh man, I'm so excited because once again, DLC stands for Die, Live, Compete, because from the Spawn on Me podcast, one of our favorite guests, back with us again, Khalif Adams. Welcome back, Khalif. How are you all doing? How's everybody going? How's everybody, everybody getting through there at their Star Wars love and everyone's hanging out and feeling good? That's nice. My phone is is only just Star Wars talk. I have like a, about a billion D uh, text message chain going on with uh, a bunch of peep Dan Trachtenberg and Peter Serretta and Jermaine Lucier and Reza Lackey, all these guys that are super fans. We were all debating it. Uh, got Twitter debating it. It's uh, it's all we talk. It's all I talk about. Do you, have you seen it, Khalif? I have seen the movie. I saw it on Thursday at ten forty-five. I had a ten forty-five showing, and uh, and and it was it was it was a movie. Yeah. Uh oh. You you didn't love it. <laughs> I have beef with Star Wars in general. Hey, I'm going to redirect. Uh, a lot of fun stuff in the news today. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Video games, video games. Hey man, Star Wars is a big deal. Uh, it was a big deal that the the game doesn't have a progression system, and the last great Star Wars game was maybe a Lego Star Wars game. But I'm holding out hope that we're going to get a killer Star Wars game from Respawn, which actually makes me want to start the show the way we always do. The story the of the story week. of the week. Story of the week. It's the story of the week. Story of the week. It's the story of the week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of video games this week. And you can always submit stories for our consideration by visiting our subreddit over there at 5x5dlc.reddit.com. I don't think there's a ton of news happening toward the end of the year usually, but we're, we got some juicy stories. Uh, so, Khalif, you are our guest. What would you consider to be your Story of the Week? 
Oh, I mean, PUBG selling a million on Xbox and hearing that he is not excited, not happy about the copycats and ripoffs that have been popping themselves up around the net and around the internet gaming sphere. Uh, that was that was an interesting story. Um, hearing how he's not really excited about a thing uh, after, make, yeah. after making a game from a mod, which I find really interesting. <laughs> Yeah, lots to d- dig in here uh, on the uh, on the PUBG front. It has been quite a week. Uh, we got the much anticipated console launch of PUBG, which was an Xbox exclusive. It didn't exactly go smoothly. There, you know, the game is in their equivalent of early access, which they call uh, Xbox Preview Program, and that means it's not officially done. It's not officially out, but. Also, this was highly anticipated and people expected the game to run well. Evidently, even on the Xbox One X, the most powerful console on the planet, (laughs) uh, the frame rates were shoddy at best, um, struggling sometimes to hit 30 frames per second with the game. Uh, Some weird features were left out. But all of that didn't prevent the game, as you said, from selling over a million copies on Xbox in less than 48 hours, which is pretty impressive. But... The real meaty part of the story, as you referenced as well, is the fact that Brendan Green, player unknown himself, uh, had an interview with the BBC's Radio One and kind of uh, reiterated something we've heard him touch upon before, which is the fact that he's not particularly happy with uh, these other games taking the Battle Royale mode and, and just aping it and putting it in their game, a la Fortnite. In fact, he said that he would like the video game industry to adopt a copyright and trademark system for copyright protection uh, the way that music and film industries have adapt- adopted. So what is your take on this, Khalif? It's interesting. I, I am in the the realm of thinking about it in the same way I think about sampling, right? Sampling in music is a very interesting topic that a lot of people have dug into and said, you know, is it art? Are you stealing from someone else's work? If you, if you're making something new of a thing uh, from some bits and pieces of their work, I feel like this is in an interesting space because it's an idea that is kind of been moved from one space that didn't necessarily, that he didn't necessarily own, uh, to another competitor that seems to be doing better than, in some ways, the game that he's making. So I, I, I can understand why he's upset. I just don't think that he has a lot to kind of stand on in terms of being really mad about, you know, having Fortnite kind of eat their lunch right now uh, in the space. So we'll see. I, I want to see how it looks and if the how it would kind of look legally. I would love to have someone kind of break that down at some point. Um, if but only we had a former lawyer on the show, but that seems so unlikely. Why would a video game podcast have a former lawyer as one of their regular contributors? That just doesn't seem possible. Uh, it seems to me, Christian, that this fella, uh, Brendan Green, who seems like a, a nice fella, uh, he seems to misunderstand uh, how copyright law works. Am I am I incorrect in saying that? Uh, no, you're not, you're not incorrect in saying that it's, it's a tricky question and one that hasn't really been litigated or tested. My, again, former lawyer don't practice anymore. Bars are uh, inactive, blah, 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 blah. Christian's disclaimer. (laughs) (laughs) Hit that high note, Jeff. Hit that high. Um, 
uh, at first blush, it seems like this is a, a pretty easy lose. Um, where it would maybe get confusing is if there's something in the code that the way it's running, maybe on something they did in the Unreal Engine to run a hundred players simultaneously or something like that. It seems like it could be that'd be a patent, that'd be a, a, a code patent. But just as the broad idea, and I'm using the word idea because that's something that's fairly clear in the law, established that you cannot protect uh, just a general idea. Um, yeah, isn't this, he's, he's basically saying, I want this to work like the music and film industry works, but isn't it, isn't he basically saying, isn't he, doesn't he even have that wrong? Like, wouldn't it be akin to the music industry saying you can't make a uh, rap song, you well, know, it, it, because it, there was a guy who rapped one time. Yes. You know I mean, I mean or, or like the film industry, you can't make a romantic comedy because romantic comedy is a thing that was pioneered by the first romantic comedy. And so you'd have to, you know, that you can trademark the concept of two people meeting each other and falling in love. You know, it, <laughs> it seems like the genre here is what he's talking about. Right. And even more specifically, again, no spoilers uh, for the new films at all. But um, like Star Wars, like that's a hero's journey, right? <laughs> like that, 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 that myth has been told forever and you can't protect that the journey of a of a young kid yearning for more or you know or whatever um it's a tale as old as time and uh that to that me, you actually can copyright <laughs> <laughs> the tale as old as time just that part um but that looks to me where um player unknown would fall with battlegrounds and in our chat someone just posted an ars technica a good write-up on what can or cannot be protected so people listening to this can um, head over there it's uh you probably can't stop Battlegrounds copycats is the article to look for. And yes, that I, I am I'm almost entirely certain that there's no way that the claims he's making right now would would, you know, hold water in court. And even if they adopted the film and music model, as he seems to say, like he's he's, he's even saying, like, I I know it doesn't work now. But what if we adopted the right. aggressive model of the film and music industry? It just seems like he completely misunderstands what even goes on there, because that's not no one. As you said, no one's lifting specific code, i.e. lifting a sample from the music, you know, or lifting a character or a, a, a trademarkable concept from uh, a movie. It's, it, it's, it's apples and oranges to what, what he's kind of talking about, it seems to me. The closest thing to a character or something recognizable being lifted from a movie are the costume packs that he's added to his game that he lifted from a movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I still don't think that would hold water either because those are pretty generic costumes. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think there's much here. I understand being upset. I, um, I, I totally understand it. I understand how Infinity Ward was bummed when they saw every shooter in the world copy their system after Modern Warfare. I totally get that. But I don't think litigation is, is the solution here. I think the solution is be the best game right and i think part of that goes to and we'll talk about it later but is is nailing this the console version sooner rather than later yeah i mean i I always make the quip uh you know if if this if brennan green got what he wanted then the makers of quake would have a a few (laughs) a few interesting conversations to be had about deathmatch being in every game in the universe and if that suit was possible the makers of Quake would have made that suit. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, Khalif, let's talk about PUBG, though, uh, in a more positive light. I mean, it's a million copies in 48 hours. It seems like Microsoft made the right bet that this thing would still be possible. I, I have to admit, I was a little skeptical that something that sold in excess of 20 million copies still had legs. But I guess, you know, there are a bunch of console players who hadn't played it yet. 
Are you are you one of them? I haven't had a chance to play it yet. Um, I'm kind of waiting to see it get itself together and, and come out and be actually done uh, before I jump into it because I can play it on PC currently. Um, but I do feel like that number is a thing that he should be hanging his hat on right now. He should be saying like, hey, I jumped into a space that did not have my game on it. And now my game is on it. And there's a, there's a million people who have purchased this game. Yeah. It's a great thing to, to be able to say that a lot of developers can't say for their basically for their first game. So, you know, I, I think that there is a lot of people who still and you can kind of see it with the uh, the way that people have gravitated to Fortnite is that people wanted this to come out first and get that experience. And since they didn't, they moved over to another game. But the folks who are having those fun experiences on PC are already ready to to jump back in and, and have new people into the fold. So it, there's a lot of there's a lot of positives for for the way that, that game is going to move. Uh, it's just a matter of them getting stuff right and fixed. And once they do that, yeah. good. Christian, I know we've talked a lot in the past about early access and how to judge a thing. And, and Microsoft certainly built up this release as a big deal, even though it's not technically a 1.0. They're bundling it. Um, yeah. New announcement. I think today they're bundling it with the X, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and uh, there was a big write-up, um, Digital Foundry, I think, or who is it? Somebody did uh, somebody did a, a big breakdown on the fact that it doesn't, it doesn't hit 30 frames consistently, even on Xbox One X. Of course, the fact that it's on Xbox One X means that it's playing at a higher resolution and with higher res textures than it would normally on the Xbox One. So it's not even a one-to-one there. It's not like you're just throwing more power at it. You're throwing more power at a harder problem at the same time. So it's not like, oh, the Xbox One X isn't actually powerful. It's, oh, it's actually doing more and the game is just poorly optimized. Hopefully all that stuff gets ironed out and one would expect that it does, but uh, it's an, it's an odd thing for something that this popular and this, uh, and selling this well, this fast to be so, you know, uh, in, in such a state. Yeah, broke. <laughs> you said yeah. it best. Yes, indeed. I can talk about it more when I talk about what I, what my personal experiences with it, um, when we talk about what you know, our playlist or whatever. But what I think is interesting is listening to the messaging that Microsoft has done, you know, over the past few months also, where I believe it was at Paris where they talked about how, I think it was the coalition, the, the team behind Gears of War, right, was brought in to help get this thing done. And Microsoft is publishing and like they're putting all of their effort behind it to get this thing out. And having now played it, again, I'll talk more about it later. I, I'm not doing an intentional tease. Um, but I feel like without that, I don't think this game would have made this year i mean it is if if what they said is true and they put and microsoft put serious muscle behind it to get it to this point i hate to see what it would have been without that and then i kind of wonder what's wrong with it (laughs) like i I don't i don't code i don't program i know making games is hard but i don't understand what's so difficult about this game to get it running smoothly maybe it's the net code maybe it's 100 people maybe it's using unreal to do that but it um it's hurting right now on xbox i'll say that Christian, what is your uh, story of the week? I mean, I feel like that's the biggest one, so I'm not going to pretend that uh, anything else I talk about is, <laughs> is nearly as, as big as that. But I, uh, it's Ghost Recon continuing to be the juggernaut that it is that no one talks about, and you know, no one in the gaming traditional gaming press, and they're adding to it more, uh, more, 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 more. It's it's actually what this. What t- it was uh, last week, right? The 14th, whenever that was, it was the 17th. Yeah. Um, 
Predator. Predator's in the game. One of the special challenges, you can do it solo or co-op, and it's uh, the hardest, they say, the hardest um, what ultimate hunt in, in the game. And while weird that like i mean i guess predator fits it's in the jungles or whatever yeah, predator, this is the it should be clear this is the film predator the like the 80s predator like uh you know schwarzenegger get to the chopper get to the chopper now that predator <laughs> the skull of an alien in their ship and then till later when they couldn't kill them apparently in the later version of the franchise <laughs> uh but yeah you get like cool gear and loot from defeating them because it's supposed to be hard to do and I, I love this. I love that this game is continuing to give players cool, fun things to do. And to me, I think in addition, like Predator, you know, this late in the game is is a cool, fun thing versus like when it, if it launches right alongside. I'm always kind of like, I don't know if Predator fits in this universe. But now I'm like, oh, cool. I want to see what Predator's <laughs> like in this universe. And the only difference for me is time. <laughs> but uh, I think this is exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's got some really interesting uh, function in the game. Like, it's a it's a specific challenge. Like, you have to survive Predator. You have to defeat Predator. And I think, the, if I'm reading this correctly, it's temporary. Like, Predator is here in the Ghost Recon Wildlands universe and then for a while, and then he won't be. So do it now. I, I would love to know how this came about. There's, like, I was reading something about the idea that there were hints in previous Ghost Recon games that Predator was like in canon in the in the Ghost Recon universe. There were like Easter eggs, which is crazy to me. Like, how did this happen and how did this come together? And what is the, what are the details on adding Predator to the game world? I think this is a cool – I mean in the same way that I get excited about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles being in Injustice 2. You know, this is like – it's cool. It's fan service. It's silly, but um, I don't know. It's not – Enough to make me go play Ghost Recon Wildlands, but uh, what about you, Khalif? You think this is this is cool? No, I love stuff like this. I'm I'm, I'm waiting for the uh, Evolve lawsuit to come in and hit, uh, so we can see what's going on. Because they're going to be like, we did it first. It's like the Ray J, <laughs> Ray J F thing. Like I hit first. Oh yeah. And also, if there's no Danny Glover in this DLC, then I'm going to be really upset. Because it needs to be Danny Glover. Uh, yeah, and it's has to be his, his last week, and he is just—he was just getting so close to retirement. <laughs> I need that. But I love this stuff. I think this stuff is really smart. It's like it's interesting too because it's—I uh, feel like there are like three games that ha- are refusing to die or like refusing to give up uh, their their hold on pl- on their player base, and it's uh, uh, Wildlands, it's Warframe. And it's the division. It's like three games. Yeah. Like we will never ever die. We're not going to lose out on all these other games that are coming out. We're going to keep pumping out stuff. I would love to hear the backstory of that. Like the same way you want to hear the backstory of the turtles being in the game. And then yeah. I want to know how that deal got done. And then who was the person? Cause they have like Canon music in the game. I was watching a stream before we got on and it was like the actual music from the movie. Uh, and it was super cool. It was really fun to see. I dig it. I love it. Yeah, I do too. Um, and like Christian was talking about, this game was like the number one selling game of the first half of 2017. I mean, it it, it was a big hit, mm-hmm. and uh, I I agree with you, Khalif. Like, I'm a bunch of friends and I were texting all around, like, let's all reinstall the division. Let's play that because we heard that that new patch really fixed the game in a lot of ways, and the game's really fun now. And you know, all of this games as service stuff uh, is great. And, you know, it reinvigorates all these games and you feel like, man, this money that I spent 
a year ago for the division. You know, it was a year ago this time that I was I was playing that game heavily, or even more maybe than a year. Uh, and now I can go back and pull that out and feel like it's fresh and interesting and doing something weird and wild like adding Predator to your game. <laughs> well, that's Wildland. Let's not mix. Just to be clear, yeah, weird the division and, right, has right, not right. added Predator. Right. Correct. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, weird. I did say weird and wild, which implies wild lands. I mean, it doesn't happen in a in a in a visiony land. Right. Uh, was, Sorry, my bad. I think uh, Ubisoft they don't always do everything perfectly. For Honor has its share of problems, but that's another game they continue to support. And I think if you look at Rainbow Six Siege, Wildlands, For Honor, The Division, I think. Uh, and also, um, Assassin's Creed Origins, what it looks like it's coming for that and what's already in the game. Like, I think if you want to look at a major publisher doing right by fans in terms of this games as service, I think Ubisoft is doing a lot right. I mean, don't get me wrong. They still have Uplay sends to work off, but like, <laughs> I mean, more and more, I think they're doing a lot of really cool stuff that other, uh, publishers could look to. And the way this works in the game it seems really neat to me. It's not it's not like, oh, Predator is a playable skin that you can put on your ghost recon wildlander. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, it's not just like we although there is supposedly some some cool customization items, but it's not that all of a sudden the Predator is a playable character. It's like the Predator showed up in the jungle and he's, <laughs> he's gonna kill you. And you have to kill him before he kills you. And I, I don't know, I just think that's really neat. It's it's uh it's a different take on something familiar and it makes it feel special, which I dig. They've been doing really, really smart stuff with the Anubis stuff in Assassin's Creed too. It's like there for a couple of days and then it's gone. It's really smart, really smart ways to bring people back. Who knew I'd be complimenting you play and Ubisoft. Who knew? Leave you you play out of it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I have you, every time I get a, a PC Ubisoft game, uh, and then I play it and then I'm done playing it. I uninstall you play. <laughs> and, and I think it's a compliment to say that I have not uninstalled you play. I mean, I'm still playing Assassin's Creed Origins, but like I've left it. Th- I played South Park, the fractured, but whole, and then I left it on because Assassin's Creed was coming. I was like, Hey, you play, you're kind of, a, you're just hanging out on my system. I don't, I don't actively hate you. It's an okay launcher. Now they have great games that require you to keep it on there. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> Um, you know, the only other bit of news that I think caught my eye, we saw sales for the switch being continuing to be crazy. 10 million, uh, this week, evidently. I mean, we saw there's, there's news bits, but I guess the only other thing that really caught my eye was, uh, uh, a, an announcement of a new game, a new adventure time game that's coming in 2018 adventure time. Of course, the animated series, uh, famous for, uh, uh, making pancakes, making bacon pancakes, take some bacon and I put it in the pancake. <laughs> At least that's what, what I think is famous for. Uh, Finn and Jake and BMO. Uh, this is that IP done as a big open world game. Um, it's coming from Climax Studios and it's called uh, Adventure Time Pirates of the Inchiridion. Pirates of the Inchiridion. Okay. I'm sure the super fans of Adventure Time will correct me on that pronunciation. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's going to be an open world game, 3D visuals to match the art style of the show, uh, an original story of Adventure Time, going to have tactical combat and hero progression, and of course, Pirates, because Pirates is in the name. Uh, you guys Adventure Time fans? Khalif, you, do you watch that show? 
I have never seen an episode of Adventure Time, but I hear all my, well, I hear a lot of people who are like swear by it and have been watching it for a while and love it. It's pretty fun. I mean, it, it is if uh, some nerds got stoned and made something that is uh, oftentimes incoherent, but but silly and fun uh, and references a lot of nerdy stuff. Uh, like the BMO is a character that's basically a anthropomorphized Game Boy, <laughs> like old school Game Boy. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I mean, I think that's literally how the, the show was made is a bunch of dudes got stoned and made the show. Um, but it's great. I mean, and if I'm hopefully you've seen that endless looping bacon pancake song that I referenced or else. <laughs> okay, good. Or else I sounded like a complete insane person. Um, so Christian, are you, uh, are you an Adventure Time fan? I, I am, but I haven't, I fell off. It's just like one of those shows that when it comes out, it's like kind of the zeitgeist. I mean, I'll just lay it all out. I, I st- I'm still like, I don't know if I finished season two of Bojack. Like I get into these shows. I know, Christian. I know, I know. And I get into these shows. I watch them. Adventure Time was the same way. And I was like, oh, this is great. And then something else happens and I, I just, I fall off from it. So I apologize, but I, I remember really liking it. I have a lot of friends that have worked on it over the years and I'm sorry. I haven't watched your show, friend. That makes it, you know, that makes it worse, not better. I know, I know, I know it does. <laughs> um, <laughs> I definitely uh, have not watched all of them. I've watched barely any of them, but the ones I've seen uh, have made me laugh quite a lot. And um, I think uh, ripe for a video game adaptation. I think it could be, it could be fun. Um, I, I always like when these animated projects turn into games because they like have to flesh out their world you know it's like when they made the south park games and the simpsons games and stuff when it's like well we cut to the next scene and they're at that new location but where is it in relation to all this stuff you know and so doing it as an open world game i think uh will force them to do that i always like it when that happens because it wandering around springfield or wandering around south park feels like a, a fun just a fun concept going you know as somebody you know stepping into the video game and we're as they say we're you were at this point now where it'll look exactly like the cartoon and be animated uh you know in game engine which will be awesome i think yeah it's like that that stuff is really cool yeah right i mean when i i remember this will date me but i remember um saving up and getting a 3do because i know i'm an idiot I, i brought that up before uh, that was a, a poor decision on a number of levels, but um, one of the reasons I did it was because it came with a CD-ROM. Have you guys heard of these CD-ROMs um, with a Batman the Animated Series episode on it? <laughs> and I thought it was so magical, the idea of having a video game console show me animation that looks like a cartoon. And I thought to myself – someday a video game will actually feel like I'm playing a cartoon. I thought, Oh my. And then I just didn't realize it would have to be like 15 years hence. And it would actually be happening. I still want a space ace or dragon's lair. I want a company to make something like that again, where it feels like that, that kind of animation style that Don Bluth kind of thing or, or I mean, cuphead is kind of that. It's 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 taking the style of that cartoon era and making a game out of it. But I mean something that we've grown up with that's not new. I mean, so, I mean yeah. something that's like, imagine a Thundercats game made with the art style of Thundercats from the 80s. 
Well, wasn't there that Transformers game that did that a couple years ago? Yeah. The Transformers, yeah. like old generation or whatever it was called. Kind of cell shaded and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. But it was made to look exactly like the uh, the old 80s cartoon rather than the terrible movies. Modern. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that you bring up Dragon's Lair. Like they keep re-releasing that every new generation of every technology. It's like, well, re-release Dragon's Lair because remember how much you loved that? But you're right. Like, why not make a new Dragon's Lair uh, kind of thing? I don't want it to be as binary they, as that. But yeah, they tried. I don't know if it how it was original Xbox that gen, but they tried, and it was like you actually had full control. It was still not a. It was not a good game. But someone at one point did try with that particular IP to do something. But I do love that we can we can have. I think Cuphead has proven that we can have that now. Right. And I think Batman, um, the Arkham games did a good job with some of their skins. Like they had animated series skins that I think shouldn't have looked as good as they did. Cause it was just a skin on this, you know, otherwise not that style game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I thought it looked pretty dang good. So I, I can't imagine, I can only imagine how good it would look if you set out to make that kind of game and that would blow uh, a real Batman animated series game. Come on, uh, come on. Yes. So or what's that? Said it would be so good. So- yeah, it would be so good. I mean, I I could. Yeah, I would. There's even um, you know, Rayman. The last Rayman game felt like it was an animated thing, and I remember seeing just recently a role playing game that hasn't actually been officially announced yet. But it was like they, we're working on this, and it's all hand drawn. Um, I anyway, any hand drawn looking thing. I think maybe Cuphead, ironically, might actually usher in more of that because people were so excited about Cuphead just purely on its visual presentation that we may actually – the way that – I'm just kind of realizing this now. But the way that we got this whole generation of like retro pixel games because there were a few retro pixel games that did really, really well and people were like, oh, yeah, I love (laughs) pixel. Um, Maybe we'll see – Although pixel is way easier to do, I think just technically than a hand-drawn animated style. But maybe we'll see Cuphead sort of usher in a, a bunch of games that try to recreate that visual style. That'd be cool. Yeah, I'd be in for, I'd be into that. Aeon Flux the game. I would pay so much money for that. Oh man, Aeon Flux the game. What is happening to those that? Also, PlayStation Two, I think, and it was. Hot garbage. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sure because that was a that was the a time when like if you had a licensed game, it meant it was hot garbage. <laughs> uh, I'm looking that up right now though. Yeah, Aeon Flux PS2. I think so. Oh man. I don't want to look because I I want it to be I want it to have been good in my brain. Yeah. Um, uh that is an IP that feels like it's ripe for revisiting as well. Um I, there was like a live action movie too of Aeon Flux, right? Yeah, Angelina Jolie, I think, yeah. something like yeah. that. Anyway, all that, right, we're all old. This this these last five yeah. minutes are called we're all old. Yeah, no, this is us eating our member berries. Member, member, ham flunks, member. Yeah, we're all eating member. It'd be berries. cool if someone made a game that looked like the things that I used to like when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, all right, well, we can move on. Uh, let's actually. Uh, thank our sponsor. If you are looking to upgrade your Wi-Fi, or if there's any chance that you live in a place where your Wi-Fi is spotty, you wish you had uh, complete coverage of your home with Wi-Fi. I, I've run into this so often where you know I'll go over to a friend's house and like, what's your Wi-Fi password? They'll give it to me, and they're like, you can't, you just can't sit over there. You got to come over to this side of the house or. 
uh, you know, it's, oh, it's up in the office it's, it's on the second floor, uh, you know, upstairs. So you can't really get it down here. Excuses, excuses. Eero was built to solve those problems, but to solve them in an easy way. Simple, simple, simple. A fast, reliable connection in every single room. Maybe even in your backyard. You have a backyard. Maybe you want it in your backyard. Maybe you are sick of having uh, spotty internet connection, spotty Wi-Fi throughout the house. Consider Eero. The new second-generation Eero system is awesome. It is uh, You get an Eero, which is the sort of the base unit, the, the thing you would normally see as the router that uh, beams the signal across your house. But then you have these beacons as well, and the beacons are all modular. You just plug them into the wall. And uh, you can add them throughout the house as you need. And in fact, the app that you get with Eero helps you set up and tells you where the best places are to put them, to have the most coverage of your house. It's really simple. It takes seconds. I did this for my sister. I did it for my dad. In fact, I just saw them this weekend. Um, and I was at my dad's house. And I was so happy because last time I was there, we set up the Eero. And I didn't really get to enjoy it because we set it up and then I left. But this time... Uh, I had complete Wi-Fi coverage throughout the house. Every corner of the house, he had the Eero beacons in literally, literally just plugs into a wall outlet. That's all you have to do. And the app steps you through all of that. So that's Jeff, quite- Jeff, dinner's ready. Did it come out from that corner, Jeff? Be yeah, no, dinner's- but this is where the internet is. It's the only place that I can have it. I can't eat and be on the internet. No, it's, it's, it's good over in this corner too, Jeffrey. Come on over to this corner where the internet's just fine. Oh, okay. Is that how your, is that how your parents sound? <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly how my dad sounds. Do <laughs> <laughs> <You> declare. <laughs> I don't know where you think I live. Um, <laughs> the uh, second generation of Eero uh, and Eero Beacon has a third five gigahertz radio in it. So now it's a tri-band system, second generation, and twice as fast as its predecessor which lets you do even more simultaneously in every room of your house. You have increased speed and range with the tri-band radios. You can have it sit on a flat surface. It plugs into a power adapter. It's so easy. It's so simple and clear. That's why I like it for myself and for my family members. Right? I tends to be their troubleshooter. So, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to have just a single router model in every situation. This works in any situation, but it also works in those unique situations where you want to maybe have uh, broadband in your backyard or in your garage or elsewhere as well. It's a distributed system and it's awesome. Eero also has incredible customer support. So if you do run into any problems, they got you covered. Uh, you can get a hold of a Wi-Fi expert in 30 seconds. That's pretty awesome. I love it. I think you'll dig it as well. Try it out and we will give you free overnight shipping to US or Canada. If you go to uh, Eero.com, E-E-R-O.com and at checkout, you select overnight shipping and then enter the promo code DLC. We'll give you free overnight shipping. Pretty awesome. Get your, your Eero immediately. And hey, maybe you can do it in time for the holidays. If you have a, a last minute gift, overnight shipping certainly would help. Eero.com, the promo code DLC at checkout after you select overnight shipping will make it free. Before we go on too far, I want to point out that uh, Ryson in the chat talked about how Dragon Ball Fighter Z is doing the cartoon style thing. 
And I totally forgot about that game. But yeah, I mean, I think that's another one where people are super stoked for that cartoon look and feel because it looks like the Dragon Ball Z cartoons. It's not like 3D fied version. It literally looks like the cartoon. It looks so good. And it's got such an incredible developer behind it. It's one of those things where you're just like, yeah, it's the dream. I can't believe we all forgot that. I'm going to blame like, Khalif for forgetting it. You're like, you're going to blame Khalif. <laughs> I was so stunned by, by Jeff's dad's voice. I couldn't get it. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Jeffrey, uh, why don't you call us anymore? Never since our internet started working flawlessly, you never call us. Dad, I'm sorry. Go it's 49ers. Really... <laughs> My dad is a big 49er fan. You've nailed him in every respect, Christian. Nailed it. <laughs> All right, uh, Khalif, so let's talk about what is on your playlist. Uh, we talked a lot about PUBG, and I know Christian's going to talk about that, but you've been, uh, you've been playing that competitor. That, the reason, I would say, that Brandon Green uh, wants uh, you know, people to stop it, stop it with the copycatting. That's it. If Khalif's talking Fortnite, I'm, I'm off the show. <laughs> PUBG versus Fortnite. I don't appreciate people copying the style of game that I'm going to talk about. <laughs> uh, what do you think of the Fortnite battle royale uh i know it is it has caught fire and a lot of a lot of people are playing it as a big player base are you digging it I, it's it is it is my go to bed game now it used yeah. to be paragon and then before that it used to be let it die now it's Fortnite battle royale where that I, sounds super stressful it's super stressful it's really stressful but nothing <laughs> so like going to bed super stressed out just going to be just mad at the world. Just like, I'm, I'm sleeping right now, but I can't sleep because I'm mad. That's me, oh. but, it, but instead of video games, it's Twitter. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Man, we can hold hands. I've seen your Twitter feed. <laughs> um, but it's been, it's been something that uh, I can't, I keep coming back to it because I want to get better. And every time that I lose, I'm like, what did I do wrong? Or what in the engagement did I mess up on? Or, or how am I learning to build? And the thing that I think is the, you know, the reason I keep coming back to it, because PUBG has a different level of stress to it, uh, where at the end of every battle, it's this, it's this uh, hide and go seek uh, kind of gameplay. And you're, you're all kind of hiding around the edge of the circle, poking in, looking at folks. This, it's really kind of balls to the wall and you just go. It's like, all right, so I'm now in the middle of the circle. I know I'm going to be shot at by probably six to seven people. If I can build myself enough of a barrier, I can at least hopefully weed out two or three. Mm-hmm. And that dynamics, that those dynamics in the end of the game is what keeps me coming back because it's so different and you can do so many different things. And there's so many ways you can tackle a situation uh, to try to get a win that those parts, that kind of emergent gameplay is exactly why I've been playing it so much because it's so much fun and stressful oh, and annoying, <laughs> but it's great. Could you explain how the building works? I haven't played it, and, I, and for some of our listeners that haven't played it as well, but like how the building works in this battle royale mode. Are you collecting? Because in PUBG, you land and everything, you have nothing, right? So you got to get your guns, your armors, you collect it. In right. Fortnite, do you need to collect crafting materials in order to build a certain type of thing? Or are you always able to build at least some version of cover? Like how, how does that impact what you're doing you know as you run into the middle of the circle or whatever is it based on resources you have or can you always kind of survive a little bit if you can build so so you you go you go into the whole uh, every map every match without any materials and no and no guns at all either so you you, you have, have pickaxe though 
You have a pickaxe, though, and that pickaxe is the thing that will get you all the materials that you need. So depending upon what you break down, you know, wood will give you wood. Things things that should be made out of wood will give you wood. Things that should be made out of rock will give you uh, or stone will give you bricks. And then things that should be made out of metal will give you metal. And uh, once you've gotten materials, it's this interesting uh, dynamic where you're trying to gauge how much time you have before the storm gets you. Uh, which is the the blue line in, in PUBG is now the storm because of the way Fortnite works and the kind of uh, single player game stuff, uh, PVE stuff has a storm in it. And this also has a storm in it. Um, balancing out, trying to uh, get through the storm uh, and get into a circle uh, while taking time to either kill someone or uh, build so builds up your materials or and get your materials so that you have enough stuff towards the end of a match where there's like probably like two or three circles left because they, they all kind of constrict uh, to get closer to wherever this this last circle is going to end um, so that you have a way to kind of defend yourself and it's that kind of a uh, 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 gameplay where you're trying to mitigate doing too much too quickly while also trying to figure out how you can uh, be um, kind of stealthy and in, in getting around the map is really cool. It's a lot of fun. It's even better when you're playing it with a squad. Like I don't, I don't necessarily care to play solo matches a lot because those are really stressful and kind of boring for me because you don't have one, anyone to talk about and sh- talk with and strategize. Um, but they've done that. And then they've added this, uh, as kind of time-based, uh, it's going to be there for a short amount of time, 50 V 50 version of, of, of the gameplay, uh, yeah. uh, which is Have a you, lot of fun. You've been playing that too. Yeah. It's really good. The, 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 the 50 V 50 thing is kind of cool because as soon as you land, you'll just have teammates. And then you'll see you have these two numbers that are there that gives the number of enemies on the other team and then the number of folks on your squad. Um, and they pop up with these big green arrows over their head. So, you know, that they're on your team and you can't shoot them. The interesting thing that I want to see happen next is it doesn't really have the building aspects in the way that it was kind of advertised in, uh, initially, where in the trailer that they showed, it was kind of like you build your fortress, they build their fortress, and then you fight it out from your fortresses, which been fantastic but it's not that yet i'm hoping that they kind of tweak that mode if they do bring it back out uh once it's over uh to kind of give you this land rush uh kind of feeling where you have to get to either an objective or have to you know build yourselves up uh in in your fortresses and then kind of take out the other team uh somewhere across the map so it's there's a lot of things in that game that are are just so much fun it's 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 easy to get in easy to get out the the uh, aesthetic is really cute and fun uh, they've been doing a lot of Christmas uh, themed stuff with the with the holiday coming up, and that's been really good because Epic does, you know, costuming and 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 little uh, uh, skins and things like that really well. So yeah, it's been so much fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it, I really li- like the aesthetic in Fortnite so much more than PUBG. Uh, it, I like that whimsical, cartoony art style. I think they really created something special with just the look and feel. The way when you smack something, it kind of jiggles like a cartoon would, you know, it, it feels like Toontown, you know, which is, which is really cool. Um, I haven't really been playing it, but I've watched, I've talked about this before. I watched my nephews play it. Uh, and they're like 13 and seven and, or eight. And, uh, they just leap into the world and like run around like mad people with that pickaxe <laughs> and just start gathering as much junk as they can. They'll, if they see a person, they'll just run at them with the pickaxe and try to smack them in the face. Uh, it's just, they just don't care because if they're out, they're into the next match so fast that, okay, well this time it didn't work. 
Um, but you know, they're young and stupid. So. <laughs> I keep waiting. I feel like, and it's, it doesn't sound like it's it yet, but when they first announced it at PSX or wherever that was, the 50 V 50, I was like, oh, okay, so first Fortnite, you know, they're like, here's our horde mode. That's the thing everybody loves. And everybody's like, this is kind of cool, but whatever. Then they're like, ah, here's our battle royale mode. And everybody's like, this is awesome. And now they're like, here's our battlefront mode. And everybody's like, hey, this is pretty great. Like, when's, <laughs> like, when's their uh, Overwatch mode? Like, I feel like this engine is so robust. It's just like, oh, by the way, here's our uh, Fortnite modern warfare mode. <laughs> just like it can do almost anything, it seems like. Yeah, in the in the chat, QWERTYMAN14 said, it's really interesting. Basically, they had a good engine and systems, but made the wrong game out of them. And I think that's really fascinating. I, I like how dynamic they were, how they were able to, you know, it's that old uh, uh, startup mentality, Silicon Valley mentality, like fail fast, you know, fail fast, fail uh, often. often. Yeah, right. Um, and they, they kind of did that. It's like, we put out this game, we worked five years on it. Oh, well, you know, it's this game. Well, okay. You know, it's like, it, I, I kind of admire that. I, I understand how people might look at that as being a bit derivative, but who cares? Like they made a fun thing that people are really digging. So I think it's awesome. The coolest thing about all of that, and, and, and I agree with you, is that they've been really nimble though. And it's, you don't see that from big companies that often where they'll, they'll have something that they threw together as a mini project just to see if it would work. And then it's wind up catching on and they went with it, but it doesn't happen that often. They'll usually kind of pull it back and then put it behind the shadows and then try to big, build it up into something really huge. Uh, but people did that for them. And now they're, now they're kind of making that stuff happen on the fly, which is really cool. Yeah. Did you say that 50 versus 50 is, is only a temporary thing that's happening or I, maybe I misunderstood. Yeah, it's not going to be there for forever. They're they're kind of just testing it out and throwing it out there to see if people like it. It's going to be time based for I think maybe a couple of weeks, um, unless they've changed that. That's that's been the the um, uh, the messaging on that from Epic. But yeah, I, I think that a lot of folks are digging it and they've just figured out that oh, this is the thing that I didn't know I wanted on console, and now I have it. So now I'm going to play a heck, a heck a lot of it. Yeah, I feel like that mode would be one I would really dig because. Um the idea of having teammates and not being so alone and huddled in a bathroom, you know, waiting to die, uh, <laughs> it does feel a lot more, does feel a lot more fun to me. And I don't know why, you but you huddle up with teammates in a bathroom though, too. Like, I mean, the battle Royale mode had that you could still yeah, and, have teammates and all huddle, <laughs> but and in Fortnite, you can make a, a bathroom large enough because you have all the building materials you can make <laughs> a big bathroom for everybody to hide in. Yeah. Um, awesome. So, uh, what else is on your playlist? Uh, I finally got a switch. Oh, congrats. I'm down. I'm, I'm with, I'm with the squad now. I finally have a switch. I, all, all I'll say about the switch is I am sorry to everyone that I talked crap about Nintendo and talked a whole bunch of mess about how I don't like Nintendo doing what they do in their practices. Wait, wait, wait. I lost you for a second and I, I don't know if that was intentional or not. Jeff, did you lose him? Oh, I'm sorry. No, I did not lose him. Oh, I lost audio. Right, yeah, I want to apologize, and I lost you for a half a second. So I want to make sure I can hear. I, I seriously did. I lost you. I don't know. If I, I, I'm still not sure you're not doing a bit. But. I'm not doing a bit. I swear I'm not doing a bit. I I very seldom do bits on this show. I I need to like Mark for marketing. That's a bit. This is not a bit. I totally. I, I want to apologize. And then you came back and you're like, so Nintendo, I don't know what you apologize for. I was just saying that I, I used to talk a whole bunch of crap about how Nintendo kind of gouges their customer base. Uh, and, and they, they bank on nostalgia and they, and they, they get you for your wallet for all that stuff. And then I bought a switch after people brow, browbeat me and told me I should do it. And it's really good. And you need to play all these games. And now it's like, 
a part of my every night gaming ritual. <laughs> I feel like and, a jerk for talking so much crap. And, it's, and how much of your wallet has gone into the Switch? Oh, sweet Jesus Christ. <laughs> it, is un, it is just so unreasonable. I, I, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you don't know just how good it is until you get it in your hands and you're able to like sit down with it for more than an hour, not at a conference where you have to like give it back really quickly or it's tethered to, to another human being. And getting to do all the small things, it's like besides the actual just games that are on the system, it's such a really smartly, it's such a smartly made system, just hardware wise of like, I can take this off, put this in this little cradle, have that cradle connected to my TV. It's charging it. It's putting it on my television. I'm playing my game. It looks great. All that stuff is really smart. It's just such a really smartly, smartly made uh, piece of gear. And I'm really happy about it. I'm like super excited at the fact that I have one now. And I'm playing some Mario, playing some, um, uh, playing some Zelda, which is unreasonably good. It's so good. I didn't think that I was going to be digging it as much as I am, but it's so much, it's so good. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm a happy switch owner and now I have a, 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 a pro pad now. So my mm. hands don't hurt. Cause That's, that is a plus. <laughs> oh man. Like the small, the small buttons when they're connected to the machine, I don't know how people play it that way. You have magic hands and I don't, I don't know, but I can't do it. But now I have a pro pad and it's so much better. So I have a few questions. First of all, what was the tipping point? Was it just your co-hosts on your show that were always talking about it? I mean, Sharif is like a Nintendo super fan, um, but, or, or was it a, a one particular game that you're like, okay, now I need it what, or some other thing. What was it? It was a mix because I was trying to fight Sharif off. I was like, Reef, don't talk to me anymore about this, this stupid switch. I don't want to hear. <laughs> don't tell me how much you love Zelda and all this stuff and arms and blah. Um, and so wait, are you having crow for holiday dinner or <laughs> like barbecue crow? I do declare kind of crow. <laughs> With Jeff's dad? <laughs> Drink some of this southern bourbon. Uh, God, uh, you guys, you guys have nailed my family. It's so it's so spot on. <laughs> It's, it, it was it was a little bit of both, though. It was it was something where I was like, I feel like I'm not a part of these these conversations in a way for our show that is that is healthy and, and don't want people to feel like we're kind of just jumping on all the other platforms and not really paying attention to this one. And uh, I got a chance to play a little bit of. Oh, actually, you know what? I was watching a friend of mine, Grand Pooh Bear, uh, who's on Twitch, who, who does like crazy. uh uh, uh what do you call it? Speed runs, uh, world record holder, all this cool stuff. He started to play Odyssey mm. and watching him play Odyssey. And he was having more fun playing that than the stuff that he usually streams. And I was like, oh, there's got to be something here that's different. So I have to check this out and see what's see what's good with that. And every time I pop it in, I'm smiling and happy and, and having fun. So that's that's been really cool. Two things. First of all, I would like to point out that Christian, who says, I don't do bits, on this show, literally invented my dad as a character th- tonight. So I think I, I, I definitely don't do bits. I don't do a lot show. of, I don't do a lot I of, I do bits. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I did a, I made an ad read fun. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, uh, don't be sorry. I've don't already, sorry del- about. I've already deleted Reddit off of my phone. So I, I'm fine. I can do all, I'm, I'm, I can do all the bits I want now. I'm free, baby. Right. I'm free. Hey, don't listen to the haters. Uh, okay. Secondly, um, 
Khalif, were you able to just walk into a store casually and pick up a Switch, or or is that where we are now? I'm I'm not up to date on the latest availability of the Switch. It was interesting because we had a we had an episode prior to me buying the, the Switch and talked about how terrible experience is going to GameStop and buying things. <laughs> I rolled directly into a GameStop, bought it the same day. Rolled them up, <laughs> like, hey, these switches. They're like, yeah, we have a stack of them. Come get one. Uh, oh, and, right on. Got a switch and and got all the accessories I needed, all the stuff I needed, and it was it was a pretty quick uh, purchase. So I think I think we're at the point of saturation where you can totally go get one if you need one or you want one, um, and see how that how that works for most people. But yeah, it was pretty easy, pretty quick. It's good to hear. That's good to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there'll be a lot under Christmas trees in the next uh, week or so. I want to see um, how that thing sells for Christmas. They already uh, crazy numbers now. I'm yeah. dying to see what, what the numbers are going to look like for, for Christmas. I have no doubt that NPD will report that it was the number one selling console of December. No doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is on your playlist? Last thing is Reigns Her Majesty. It is the sequel to Reigns on iOS. And now I think it's actually on Steam as well. If you're familiar with this game, it was one where it was a uh, kind of, it was Tinder in card form. Uh, so that's the way they kind of pitched it was this uh, tale of uh, kings and queens and, and kingdoms told through this kind of swipe, swipe left, swipe right uh, storytelling. And um, the wonderful Lee Alexander, who used to be in the games business, is the uh, head writer on the game this this time around. And it's really smart because you're taking the role of the queen as opposed to the king uh, in this game. And it adds a whole bunch of um, really smartly, uh, really, really smart um commentary both on that viewpoint and also really funny it's it's an ios game that i think that people should be paying paying attention to um and checking out uh because it has really interesting quips just about that perspective and it's nice and it's not trying to go hard into it it's not like super feminist in that way uh but it's doing it in a way that is really fun and and biting at times and really snarky and others so it's i dig it it's a lot of fun Hadn't heard about this one. Uh, it's called Reigns Her Majesty on mm-hmm. iOS. Yep, totally get it. It's f- super fun. A lot, lot, of, lot of cool stuff in there. All right, Christian, let's talk some PUBG. You've been playing it on Xbox One? Yeah, not tons. I was out of town this last weekend, um, but I dove in when it came out Tuesday, something like that. Um, so I don't know if they've updated over the weekend. I've been trying to follow, you know, news patches and stuff like that in, in the pulse online on Reset Era and stuff. And it seems like it's still kind of a hot mess. So if you don't have it's, it's hard because I haven't played Fortnite and I keep meaning to, but I just haven't. And that's on me. Um, I have no excuse. I just ha- I haven't. Um so with that said, um, PUBG on Xbox, I'm playing on a regular Xbox One, an OG, you know, brick, big system Xbox One. It's it's bad. Like, it's really bad. Um, oh, no. Double digit, like 14. Like, I can, I, I'm not a frame rate snob, I feel like, and I, I notice slow down. I notice slow down in a way that makes me miss shots. I'm not an expert first person shooter, you know, by any stretch of the imagination, but like if someone's in a, a vehicle, I, you can't track them. You can't, you can't line up a shot. <laughs> like they're moving faster than the frames are hitting. Um, but that being said, sounds like I need to get in vehicles. <laughs> well, yeah, vehicles you, OP. 
you see a, a lot, at least I was seeing a lot of that. Like seriously, as a circle constructed, everybody's just like driving around and honking. And if you weren't in one, you're just like, cool. Um, but the game itself, it's still awesome, right? Like it's, it, it it's tense in a way that few games can be. It goes from tedious to the most intense experience you've ever had on, you know, the drop of a hat. Um, and it's, it's weird because this version of it is in early access. Um, the PC version goes 1.0 on the 20th, but this version has, the Xbox version has things that the regular server, not the, um, test server on PC doesn't have. Like it has the updated menus, updated music. You can vault in it, which is currently only on the, the test server for PC. Um, so it's this weird mishmash of like, it's not the same game. And I know they announced that, that they wouldn't be, there wouldn't be parity between the two. And hopefully they would get there one day is their goal. But it's interesting kind of what they chose to do and what they didn't choose to do um, in terms of bringing this game to consoles. But so from a, a frame rate, the um, technical aspect, the game, the game is rough. It's not super pretty. There's pop in um, quite a bit of pop in luckily a lot of it isn't the player but like foliage will kind of pop in and out so you'll see i can see the character running that i'm trying to shoot but then like they're behind a tree all of a sudden (laughs) and i'm like where did where did that come from um but i think while that is frustrating i think the hardest thing to um figure out because i think frame rate technical stuff i have faith that someone at microsoft or the coalition if they're working on this i have i have faith they can iron that out i really do um the controls are just not elegant. Um, and on PC, you know, when you, uh, if you guys haven't, if you haven't played the game, like you go into a room and you go into your tab menu, you can see everything that's near you. You can pick things up very quickly, just kind of moving your mouse around everything and bring it over to your inventory, equip what you want to equip. And I was very curious how you would do that on a controller. And the answer is you don't very, <laughs> very well. Um, it's using like the hamburger menu button to see what you're doing. And then, either using the d-pad to cycle through things to pick up it just changes the pace and the flow of the game and i guess if you've never played it on pc you don't have anything to compare it to and that's just kind of the experience for you but it's it's really difficult um and it's a much slower pace and then the way you aim on pc also if you hit um you know left uh what left button or whatever on the mouse you go into kind of a over the shoulder like a third person action game like the it narrows the sights but you're not down the barrel right and then if you hit it twice you go into first person mode and you're looking down the scope or you're looking down the barrel of the gun and on PC that that works well enough cuz you're on a mouse button and it's click click on Xbox it's the same thing but it's with your left trigger and it feels so unintuitive whatever the better word for that is we're like we're trained to do left trigger right trigger right like left trigger brings you down the scopes and then right trigger is fire here left trigger brings you into that closer third person perspective and if you want to go down the scope on something it's a double tap of left trigger but it's tap tap hold so it's not just like tap tap and you're down the scopes it's tap tap hold or whatever and it's again just not natural in any way shape or form for someone who's played shooters on on the console that's coming over to this game reload is a double button like x is to interact with things is to open doors if you want to reload it's double tap and hold so it has all these things that just don't feel good and then that combined with it being a technical mess right now like it's super hard to recommend this version of the game if you're able to get it on on pc which is unfortunate because the core gameplay loop 
is still really fun. Hmm. That's a bummer. That's an indictment. I mean, a million people did it in 48 hours. I mean, that that, that is, I'm sure a lot of them, that's their first impression of PUBG as a game. And, and they're still they're still fun to be had, so hopefully they're they're having fun. But I understand it because it launched on PC early access, right? Like then that's what I'm still playing. Um, and people see those streams and they see how fun it is, and they hear every outlet talking about how great it is, and you know getting nominated for Game of the Year and stuff like that. So I understand jumping in, and then it's unfortunate that it's as rough it is is on Xbox right now. It's um, yeah, it's rough. Man, um. Sounds like stick with Fortnite, everybody, right? <laughs> or play on PC. Yeah. Play on PC. Um, and you're an avid PC PUBG gamer, so you 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 have a one-to-one comparison, and it just does not compare favorably. Because I'd, I'd actually heard that a lot of the frame rate issues, at least, are shared on the PC. It's not like the PC is not experiencing that. No, the PC has its share of jank, I mean, certainly, um, and, and weird issues, but you're able to play the game. Right. Like, um, and it launched, it launched bad on PC also. It, it really had, you know, cause people didn't really start talking about it in the traditional games media until it had been in early access for a few months. Like it became a phenomenon, right. And then people started playing it, but it, I was pretty early, uh, on, on the PUBG train early access on PC and this Xbox launch is, is way, is way rougher. And yeah, uh, Cheapy D and I from Cheap Ass Gamer, we play, you know, a couple hours every week together. And that's aside from what I'm playing by myself. It's, um, it's a shame. I hope that I hope they pull it together because it feels to me that it was Microsoft saying like we we need to get this out before the holidays, you know, hell or high water, and they they got it out, but you know, fourteen frames per second, <laughs> they got it out. Wow. It's it's unfortunate. What else are you playing? Uh, Floor Kids on Switch. Do you guys remember Floor Kids? I do. I played it at a PAX. Uh, okay. We just, we were, we're doing a thing over on uh, my other video game show, Newest, Latest, Best. Don't you mean having... you were doing a thing? No, we, meaning me and the audience. We're doing okay. a thing uh, where um, people are calling in with their top three games of the year. And uh, I'm having them add, have one of them be a game that they think nobody else is going to include in their top three. Uh, and somebody said Floor Kids as one of his favorite games of the year this this last week. So uh, people, at least this guy, really, really likes it. Yeah, it's really cool. They highlighted it on one of those, I'm going to say Nindies, on <laughs> one of those Nindies. That's a portmanteau. A streams. Um, yeah. And I remember thinking it was really cool. It's a rhythm game, you know, set around breakdancing. And I thought the art style was really cool because it is this hand-drawn um, aesthetic that feels dirty in the right way where, you know, you're, you're hanging out at a, a subway station or something like that. And like your crew's there and everybody's hyped up. They got the circle around you and it's like, go, 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 go. As you pull off all these awesome moves. And I was really curious to see how it animated and how it played because it's a rhythm game, but not in the way that rock band or guitar hero was where you're, you know, you got these jewels coming down you need to hit things at a specific time. There's, small moments in the game when you do that but for the most part and i'm not super deep into the game i've maybe played for two hours while i was traveling this this past weekend but for the most part you're just linking things together um as you as you want to going from floor moves to up top to freezes to power moves and sometimes someone in the audience will call something out that they'll want you to do like do a freeze and if you hit it within that window you'll get extra props or bonus points 
but it's, it's kind of critiquing like your style, your rhythm, uh, changing moves, not doing one thing for too long. It feels kind of like Tony Hawk in that regard where, you know, you can't just do a, a method 540 over and over and over again or whatever. You, you want to change up your tricks. And this encourages that. And it, the soundtrack is really great. It's just a, it's a really cool, feel good game that I think you could, you know, put on with the family in the room and everybody all of a sudden is like, bobbing their head along to the beat and like getting into it and uh and you could pass a controller everybody could take a turn i'm really enjoying floor kids i think it's really cool sounds awesome um i love the art style too i just felt like the art style detracted from the feeling that they were doing something really complicated does that make sense? Like the 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 thing that's super cool about breakdancing is how inhuman and amazing it looks and I felt like the art style, while cool in the abstract, kind of worked against that feeling of breakdancing. Oh, sure. I could see that. Like you don't see the the raw physical talent of what right. these people are doing, like freezing in midair and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, I see that. I guess it didn't bother me. I like I like the art style. I like that. I guess it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier in the show. To me, it, it scratches the cool nostalgia itch and the way, like to me, it looks almost like I'm breakdancing with Fat Albert and the crew. Like right. it, it, it kind of has that aesthetic to me and, and it, it works. But I understand. I think it could be cool if you had something that showed how technical breakdancing is. Um, but but you, the, can't, you can't do that anymore because Fat Albert drugs women and it's not acceptable to hang out with him anymore. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry i've also been playing pinball fx i'm a monster <laughs> wait was that your dad no, uh, <laughs> no that's, that's my mom okay great uh and then last uh pinball fx3 i got a code uh people listen to the show know i love zen pinball slash pinball fx we've had mel on the show not too long ago so take all of that in when i say what i'm about to say um then i got a bunch of tables for free um Pinball FX3 on the Switch has potential to be the best version of the game I've ever played, mostly because of what uh, Cleef was talking about in terms of the Switch. It's great hardware. You know, you drop it into your TV. I'm playing on a big screen. I pull it out. I'm taking it with me. It's it's the Vita version and the PlayStation 4 version wrapped into one. I say it has potential to be the best version of the game because right now it's not great uh technically unfortunately when it's docked it's not hitting 1080p i think it's nine around 900 or something like that so it doesn't have the same visual fidelity that other versions of the game you're used to um and i know that pinball fx3 is doing some new graphical things but i think as a consumer you don't think about pinball pushing graphics that hard especially when it worked well uh i think it was 1080p on wii u i, I think i don't want to i'm not saying that 100 certain but like it's been on every system, right? And it's looked really good on every system. So to have it come out on Wii on Switch and not look stunning when it's docked is a little bit of a disappointment. And then uh, I tried Googling to see if this, a, a patch has come out. I haven't seen anything yet. But on handheld mode, it only runs at 30 frames per second, which again, I'm not the hugest frames per second snob, but in something like Pinball, when I believe literally every other version of this game, including iOS, wii u it runs at 60 it's the type of thing when you're playing a familiar table everything feels just a little off and i didn't know if it was the 
triggers on the switch being different than like a full trigger, like playing in handheld mode than like a full trigger or a shoulder button on Xbox or PlayStation or what it was. And it's just that, that switch from 30 frames to 60 frames or 60 to 30 um, totally changes the timing of everything. So plus, plus when your ball is in a, in a vehicle, you can't hit them with the paddle. <laughs> you can't, it's impossible. They just keep going by and honking at you. And you're like, Dang you ball. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think some of the tables, your ball does actually get in a vehicle. So <laughs> I, I don't doubt it with that, with that game. <laughs> um, but they said they're working on it. They said they're working on both issues. Um, you know, you can get the base game and table. And I think a couple of extra bonus tables for free this week as well. So, you know, download, I would say download the free tables and then wait and see before you spend money on the game. But I, I, what about oh, that? The, 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 HD rumbles. Cool. HD rumbles. Cool. Oh, I bet. Yeah. That would be cool for that kind of, situation but the thing you were telling me about was that it was going to have vertical mode which seemed oh, it, like the coolest did you did you try that it does it does have vertical mode so the uh, vita version and ios versions also have that so you can turn it anyway but it does and it, you can do it docked as well like if you're able to if you have your dock hooked up to a monitor or you can swivel the tv easily um you can play vertical mode which is great for pinball and handheld mode um i was i was telling you earlier like i wish i had a kickstand for it vertical so i could have it propped up and look like a, a real mini pinball table as i sat and played mm-hmm. um it's cool i mean it, it works as you would think it would right it changes the the orientation of the the screen to make it from portrait to landscape and it gives you a nice view of the table um it's a really it's 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 again it's one of my favorite games ever that i've had on every console i think i've ever owned and i think if they can iron out the technical stuff on the switch version I will hopefully in the future say it's the definitive version of the game, but it's just not quite there yet. Cool. Uh, my playlist uh, was not is not too long this week. I did a lot of traveling. My family actually celebrates Christmas the week before, so I was I was out of town all weekend. Just literally, like, that's called Hanukkah this year, Jeff. What? My my dad has been lying to me. How <laughs> would that sound, Christian? <laughs> um, it'd be it'd still be like, hey Jeff, we're out celebrating Hanukkah this year. Wait, wait, what? I thought we celebrated Christmas, Dad. Well, our Wi-Fi is so good. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so I you see how I did not take your bait there. By the way, I did not. <laughs> yeah, definitely didn't. Um, I've been digging into the new Here's the Storm patch, which is a huge one. In fact, I'm I would argue that. It's here's the storm 3.0. We had the 2.0 patch this year, which was sort of the uh, the progression systems that all got changed around, and loot boxes were added, and all that stuff. And this one is is like massive, massive changes to the way the game plays, the mechanics of the game, in, even so far as changing the camera. Literally, the camera for the game has been pulled out about thirty percent, uh, so you get a wider view of the the field of the map. And it changes everything. I mean, it really does. It, it changes how you do land skill shots. It changes what you can see and what you can't see. It changes how big your character is on the screen in relation to everybody else. So what you're, where you're clicking, it changes the relationship of your mouse, you know, because how fast your mouse moves in relation to your character is wildly different when it's zoomed in or not zoomed in. Um, so that means big deals. And they change the way that uh, stealth works in the game. It's, it's crazy. There's there's massive uh, system wide changes. Uh, they changed how the laning phase of the game works because a whole bunch of things that you guys probably don't care about. But anyway, um, big big changes to that game that make it really exciting and interesting. So I'm digging into that. 
I care about it and our audience might care about it. I don't know if you, how succinctly you can describe it, but I'm, I, I love stuff like that. Like, is it, yeah. I mean, I guess at the, the global, is it, is it better or worse in your opinion? And then I think it's too early internet, to tell it better or worse. Yeah. I mean, it's too early to tell. There's a lot of people who are angry at a lot of things. Um, they also added performance based matchmaking, which we, I think we talked about on the show when they announced it, didn't we? Or was yeah, that- you were hyped for it. That came out of BlizzCon, right? Super hyped, yeah. And and it came out a little borked. A lot of people are getting put into weird positions that they didn't expect, uh, either worse or better. So I think that is too early to tell as well. But um, the leaning face stuff, if you're interested in it, basically you know how MOBAs work, right? There's, a, there's two or three lanes, generally speaking, and uh, there are minions that – are spawning constantly periodically in each lane and they march out and they fight each other to the death. And if you're there and you're killing them, you get experience points from that and you push those lanes forward by killing those minions and letting your minions get closer to their towers and their forts and keeps and structures. And those towers shoot things at the minions. And if there's minions there, they shoot the things at the minions and not at you. So you have to make sure there are minions alive when you get close to those towers. And then you knock those towers down and that let you get further and further and further down the lane until finally you're at their base or in Here's the Storm is called their core. And you kill that and that's how you win the game. So that's a very rudimentary explanation of how a MOBA works. Well, most MOBAs have an early phase of the game that is all about laning. That means there needs to be somebody in each of those lanes soaking experience, gaining experience and leveling their character up and getting more powerful. So you don't want to rush in. You can't really do much because you're so you're starting at level one every time and you're working up, you know, levels of your of your hero as you fight so that you're more powerful and you get more skills and can do more stuff. In games like Dota and League of Legends, you're also earning gold that you can spend at the shop and get cool items that you'll need. And in those games, you have individual character experience points that you're earning by killing those minions. In Here's the Storm, it's a team pool that you're contributing to. So it's it's almost more important there that everybody is contributing in all the lanes because your team needs to maintain its level uh, in relation to the other team. So... The problem has been, or if you consider it a problem, uh, with Heroes of the Storm, that that early phase of the game, because matches in Heroes of the Storm are uh, much shorter than in here than in League or uh, Dota, that phase has been kind of neglected. People have realized that you can have one person soaking, and then the other four members of the team sort of working as a death ball, roaming around the map trying to kill enemy heroes early in the game because. If you kill an enemy hero, you get a bunch of experience points as well. So um, there really there really wasn't a traditional laning phase like you would find in Dota or League where people are spread out. They're alone. You have a lot of 1v1 action where you are alone in a lane against one other of the enemy team alone in a lane. And there's a different skill set required there than when you have a team-based group going around and trying to kill people. Does that all make sense? It does. Yep. So Blizzard decided they want to wanted to reemphasize that laning phase and have it not be so overlooked. And so what they did is they changed a whole bunch of rules with how the the towers work and how much health the minions have, how much damage the minions have, and the timings of everything in that early phase when objectives come up that will pull you out of a lane and basically made that laning phase much more important than it was before. And 
forced people to, or now forcing people to pay attention to it. Um, towers are not as easy to destroy as they once were because you used to be able to just uh, eliminate the amount of ammo that they had, and then they were not going to shoot at you. So that made them ineffectual. They have infinite ammo now. They will never run out of ammo, much like in Dota and League. And uh, so you can't utilize that strategy. You have to actually be there and push with your minions forward. They also changed the way that some of the uh, big mercenary camps that you can uh, attack will operate. Lots of little changes that all add up to a big difference in the early phase of the game. And it's cool, man. It's cool that that a game can change that much. Um, and I'm I'm having to relearn how to play that early phase, which is fun. Which I'm doing, by the way, uh, in my you know weekly coaching session with Kyle Ferguson that you that I stream uh, on caffeine.tv slash Jeff Canada on Wednesdays. That's <clears throat> I feel like it's akin to for something that I'm familiar with, you know, the way the NFL every year changes makes change like you know where kickoff we happens. got celebrations back <laughs> well i don't mean that but <laughs> also that but like you know you kick off from here field goals happen from here where someone that doesn't play the game a lot it's like okay the game looks the same like if i were to watch someone play i'd be like yeah that's the same game but i feel like for pros or for someone like you who's really taking this seriously i imagine it pretty fundamentally changes the game that you know and love right well, that's what's so cool about these living games, you know, uh, and and that's why it, it really takes devotion to one of them. It's hard to dip in and out of of games like this, or you know, really competitive games that can rise and fall based on a, a very small uh, a small alteration of some very specific points, some very numbers, basically. It's like uh, and, meta hunting, meta hunting in a fighting game. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they call it the meta in these games too. Like, well. They just changed uh, a character so that that character is either the character that everybody has to watch out for or play or that character has completely fallen out of the meta and no one plays that character. And you you sort of have to keep up with that. And that's kind of the fun, I think, uh, with a lot of these games is like writing that meta and understanding it, knowing which characters to ban and which to play. And I mean, that's all the that's sort of the day to day fun of, of a lot of that, too. Um. But yeah, so I'm 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 excited about all that. And I will I, I will be continuing to learn. <laughs> that game is an endless, <laughs> endless cycle of learning. Um but I want to talk a little bit about Gora Goa, although I feel like I, I used up all my time on heroes. I didn't intend to. Um do you guys know about Gora Goa? I do not. So oh, man. it's so pretty. It is gorgeous. It is gorgeous. And it's made by one dude. Uh, this designer by the name of Jason Roberts, I think is his name. Uh, yeah, Jason Roberts. Um, I played this uh, a number of times leading up to it. It just came out. It came out on Switch, on PC, and on iOS. And uh, th- I will say right up front, you need to buy this game. It is a work of art, and it is amazing. And I think it's only like 12 bucks. So uh, I would suggest if you have an iPad, I think it would be awesome to play on an iPad. Or yeah, what are Switch. you playing on? I'm playing it on PC, but I kind of I think I might buy it on I, iOS to have uh, because I think it's really made for that. Um, but it is hard to explain. <laughs> it's a puzzle game ostensibly, but a beautiful one. And uh, this guy like literally made this game by himself. He's been working on it for years. He did it like while he was working a full time job and kind of mapped it out on a bunch of post it notes <laughs> kind of thing and 
then taught himself how to write in Java so that he could make this game and be a game developer and literally just like forced it into being. It's an amazing thing. It drew all the art. It's just spectacular. So the idea is it's, it's the game played in these panels and each of the panels is like this 2d image that is actually comprised of a number of layers. And basically the entire game is moving the layers. So think of it like, uh, like in Photoshop or something, you have a layer, like you'll have a picture of a window and then a tree that you can see through the window. So if you take that layer of the window in this game, you can like slide that window into an adjacent frame. So there are these four frames kind of like those old sliding puzzles that you would play when you were a kid, you know, that had a hole missing and you could slide and try to make the image correct. So you're sliding, but layers of an image, not the whole image. And when you slide the layer over, like in my example, a window, you reveal the whole tree. So the stuff that was obscured by the window, now you get to see the entire tree. And maybe now you're effectually outside, whereas you were inside when you could see the window. But now the window is in the adjacent panel and it has affected the world in the adjacent panel as well. So maybe in the adjacent panel, there was something that you could see like a house and you slide the window over to the, over the house. And now that house has a window. And because that house has a window, the person inside it can look out. And now that person is clickable and usable as a layer. Does that make sense at all? It is very difficult to describe this game, but it is like this cascading series of worlds that are hidden or obscured by layers that you can then move and rearrange to alter the reality of those images. Do the puzzles have, I was looking it up on my phone when you're talking about it and it makes sense, especially when I was looking at it as well, but do those puzzles have one solution or is it kind of like a portal ask type thing where maybe there's one solution, but you feel like you discovered a cheat or something like that? Well, you certainly feel like you discovered, but I'm, I'm fairly certain there's one solution Um, because there are, it's remarkable how he's made it very specific and very um, limited. Like, You'll get to a, a, a point where, or at least I get to a point where there were very few things to do in each one, mm. you know? So it's not like I'm, I've got all these mat- layers and I'm, there's like two things. I'm like, how, what, what even do I do? Um, d- there's not much to do here, but then you find some hidden relationship between the, the layers of one area and the layers of another, or you'll find some new thing to click on. And then it like zooms in through the window, for example, or whatever, and leads you to a new place that then has new clickable areas. It's hard to explain, but it is an exquisite experience. And one I would highly, highly, highly recommend. This is like last minute, the door was closing on my game of the year and it like stuck its foot in and went, Hey, 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 uh, consider me because this is an extraordinary game. It's it's such just the imagination required to make this game. No one has done anything like that. It is a un- completely unique experience that you will have. It feels like you're it's almost like an MC Escher kind of world, but not it's it's its own thing. It's really special. It's called Gora Goa. And that word is not a real word. He made up that word. It's G-O-R-A-G-O-A, Gora Goa. It's five bucks on iPhone at least right now. Five bucks! Uh, so you, it's, it is a it. legit must buy. Yeah. 
legit must buy. I don't know how it would play on a phone screen. It feels too small to me to really enjoy it. But it, it, yeah, it says there's an iPad version available, but I just I can't get out my iPad right now and look at it. So I'm not sure if it's oh, more expensive or not. I would suggest if you have the iPad, play it on that other than the phone. I, I, I Like I said, I haven't tried it on the phone, so maybe it works great, but it just feels too small to really appreciate how beautiful the game is. Um, unless you got that sweet plus screen. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, all right, guys. Let's um, let's uh, do some quick questions. We haven't done those in a long, long time, right? So uh, we got some good ones. Let's do a few quick questions. All right. Remember, you can send in your quick questions uh, to our uh, email address, which is dlcfeedback at gmail dot com. You can also send in longer questions if you like, or comments, or compliments to us if you. Love our witty repartee. Um, but quick questions can easily be sent to dlcfeedback at gmail.com or posted on our subreddit, 5x5dlc.reddit.com. First one, uh, we'll start with this comes from Matt Dickerson. He says, we have a baby boy on the way and I want a video game themed name. My wife says Geralt from The Witcher is out. <laughs> I don't blame her. <laughs> Geralt, not a, doesn't roll off the tongue. Uh, what other boy names should I consider? Video game themed boy names. First of all, Matt, congratulations. Mazel yeah. tov. Nice. Uh, as, uh, as I think uh, uh, you will find um, your life is about to change, but that's necessarily a bad thing. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Khalif, do you have any uh, cool video game boy names that you think uh, Matt should, should consider try to sell his wife on? Well, I mean, since, since his new, new child will be a boy and that boy will grow into a man, you should name that child mega. Now (laughs) (laughs) older, he'll just be mega man. Ah, mega man. I like it. And then it's all good in the head. That's it. Mega Mega Dickerson, not too shabby a name. Not bad. Yeah, I mean, and then he has kind the same of a, that's kind of a, a not a great name, Mega Dickerson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you make a fair point, Christian. You make a fair point. Coming in here with reason and. <laughs> uh, do you have a better suggestion, Christian? Uh, I mean, the the joke name I just need to get out is Waluigi because you know you gotta you gotta be Waluigi. Um, so this is what I would pitch, and I have I have friends, and it's you can know that it's video game related, but it's not video game related. I would go with Wit, which could be short for Whitmer, which is actually, but I would think it would be short for video game purposes. It'd be short for Booker DeWitt from Bioshock Infinite. I think Booker's well, Booker's also is not a bad name. I was gonna say Booker's also an okay name, but I think Wit is something that is. A real name, air quote. You know, it's a real name. I have a lot of a handful of friends named Wit. I like it. I think it's a great name. And you, Matt, can know that it's you know takes something from a video from a, a, a great video game. Yeah, that's not. T- you really took this one seriously. I appreciate that. That's. Well, uh, I was going to go with BJ, but I figured that wouldn't be a, a good fit. Dickerson. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was going to joke and say Master Chief, um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I, taking it serious. I mean, Sonic Dickerson. Uh, what is a good? What is like a good soap ghost? Uh. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, all the code names. Um, there aren't a lot of like icon. I mean, I guess Nate. You know Nathan 
from Nathan Drake. Like that's like a legit, just like human being first name. <laughs> Go with human names. Yeah. Human yeah. Human work. names. That's our advice. Human names work. What about, uh, now hear me out here. It's a bad idea, but what about Diablo Dickerson? Ooh. Diablo that's, Dickerson. That's not bad. That's I mean, bad. other than the fact that you're literally naming your kid the devil. <laughs> I, mean, I guess there's a downside there, but uh, no, no Pokemon names. Oh nope. yeah, yeah. We try after any Pokemon. That's Train, the- trainer, trainer Dickerson, <laughs> Squirtle, <laughs> Squirtle. That is not a good. We are bad at this, Matt. Here's the thing: you ask the wrong people. <laughs> what about what about player well known? <laughs> player well known. That's funny. Player unknowns Dickerson. <laughs> That's good. All right. We're not helping. Uh, That's okay. Um, Here's here's a serious question. This comes from Damien from Pennsylvania. He asks, uh, quick question. What is one generally considered really good game that you won't even think of playing because of the subject matter? Is it because it's offensive or just something you don't want to experience? For me, that would be that dragon cancer. Uh, Being a new father to a beautiful daughter, I could end up, I, I could never voluntarily go through something like that. Thanks for answering. Love the show. Uh, Khalif, do you have a, a game that everybody thinks is good, but you won't play because of the subject matter? No, not really. Um, I, I've always felt like you have to kind of dig into some of that stuff. I, I like things that make me feel uncomfortable anyway, um, so that that doesn't necessarily affect me in that same way. Um, but I have heard from a lot of friends that are like that thing, that specific thing triggers me in a way that I don't like. Um, even if that game is great, um, I won't, I won't play it. I've heard, I've heard that a lot, like either super racist stuff that's in a game or, right. uh, depictions of, of sexual, sexual violence or, or over violence or gore. Um, so yeah, not, not, not on my plate, but, but I know that there are lots of people who do. I know of one this year for me, uh, that it's not quite as, as extreme as that, but, but just, I have no desire to play evil within two. I, a, lot, a lot of people have said it's really, really good, and just does not interest me. It just, uh, just because the subject matter, just I, I don't need a game that does what it does. I just not. I enjoyed playing Resident Evil Seven, but I just I'm not. I just don't not interested in Evil Within Two. Yeah. Christian, do you have an answer for this one? One that hit. I mean, I played, but I I didn't give it a fair shake. Was Rainbow Six Vegas Siege mm-hmm. just because? Yeah. When it came out and, and where I was emotionally, um, you know, so I guess I technically played it, but I didn't. I guess I didn't give it its fair time. And then there's one I don't even remember the name of it, which I'm I'm actually happy because I don't want to plug it. But it was advertised, and it was like, I, it was like a top down shooter, I think. But it was just like this. He's it was like payback or like revenge, and the whole thing was just like this guy was wrong, so now he's going to go murder everybody. I remember it had some controversy on Steam um, about it maybe not getting released or something like that, and it was just like let's go kill these expletive ex- like so, i don't know it's like the whole what it was trying to sell and like its attitude about it was like columbine was right or like it just had this like i don't know right. if you guys remember the game but like i i wasn't gonna play that uh i like that kind of top-down shooter and i play you know graphic and gory games i've certainly played my fair share of hotline miami but the way whatever this game was whose name is escaping me and i wouldn't say if i could remember it um advertised itself and positioned itself i was just like yeah, I don't. I don't need to do that. Yeah, 
Wallstormer in the chat says hatred might have well, been. Yeah, I was going to leave that out, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, yeah, it's fine. All right. Uh, this one comes from Eric uh, from Moorhead, Minnesota. Eric says, quick question. Uh, in your quest to keep up with your hobby's newest, latest, and best games, hardware, and peripherals, what do you do with your old equipment and games? Are you a collector of cherished titles and con- uh, and consoles or a minimalist who is always clearing out the old to make way for the new? What's your take on this, Khalif? I I have fully embraced the digital future and don't mm-hmm. keep a lot of old stuff with me. I, I, I am one of those folks who will not throw away the boxes for things uh, yeah. because I know at some point this is either going to be trade fodder or, or fodder to be sold. Uh, so I, I usually try not to, to, to hoard a lot of stuff, uh, even though there are a couple of really old movies that I have, have kept some DVDs, uh, some Zucker brothers stuff that I can't find anymore that I needed to keep. Uh, but besides that video game stuff, no, it's all, it's all ready to go if it needs to. Yeah. Uh, Christian, how about you? We're all hoarders. Uh, I think we're all, whether we go digital or not, I don't know, Khalif, the last time you put what what hard drive do you have plugged into your Xbox? No, the one that's just in it. Whoa, never mind. Okay, you are the exception. I feel like we all like, you know, about this five terabyte drive. I'll never need to update it. And now you're just like me, not projecting to you anymore. I'm like, oh, this is full. Um, and it's great now the way we can delete and re-download. But I'm like, that's not going to be available forever. I got to have every. <laughs> I got to have everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm bad on both fronts. I buy digital, but then I, I keep it somewhere. Um, I have backup redundant drives that probably don't work. Um, I did get rid of boxes, which I don't want to talk for Jeff. Um, but like I did finally clear that out. But I have all my old consoles. Uh, one of my proud moments for me personally it's just a weird thing that i'm proud of but i've never had a um self-storage unit so i've I've managed to keep my stuff down to something that i can keep with me um whether that's in my apartment or now i have a a little basement um, where i'm able to put all that stuff but i i wish i was better at it and then when every time we move my wife will do a real good purge and she gets her like nostalgia sentimental stuff down to like one you know those big tupperware bins Mm. she's like all right i got mine down to one that's intense yeah. I'm like, here's my 15. And I, yeah. I felt really good getting rid of half of one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, I'm bad. I'm, I'm much more in the cleave camp. I like, I don't throw away boxes. I keep my wife is like, why do you need all this? I'm like, because someday I might. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and I just got to the point now and it feels really, really good. Uh, I just, just recently this generation uh, gave away my Xbox 360 and my PlayStation 4. When I got the PlayStation 4 Pro, I gave away my PlayStation 4, uh, gave away my Xbox 360 to some friends who have kids who don't have a, a, a console. <clears throat> and it felt really, really good. I packaged it up into uh, its original box and like put it all really nicely back because I had the original all the original stuff and they got to open it up. Like their parents gave it to them as a gift and they, they got to open it up like it was a new thing. And that was awesome. Like I had that box, I had all the original packaging. It was great. Um, and I, and I liked the fact that, you know, previously I would keep everything I have. I mean, I'm sitting uh, inches away from my Dreamcast, and I have, you know, I have lots of old stuff around, but it's kind of nice to not only get rid of it, but like, give it to somebody who really appreciates it. Um, so I've been trying to do that more and, and like you, Khalif have less stuff in general and be more digital. But I think you make a good point, Christian, that 
there's going to be a point where I'm like, oh man, wouldn't it be cool to like reinstall the, th- oh, they, that company doesn't exist anymore. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I can't re-download that. Um, and that's a bummer because it'll all be disposable by just virtue of the fact that it doesn't exist in the real world. <laughs> um, all right. Last one. Uh, this one comes from Paul Duffy. Paul says, quick question. Last year, my non-gamer wife and I played through her story on New Year's Eve. It was a lot of fun, and we're thinking about trying to play through something similar this year, similar in that it's story-driven and finished in one sitting. Any recommendations? Ooh. Is Horse, Her Story 2 out? When does that come out? <laughs> no. I mean, I, I know a lot of people on this show, I haven't tried it yet, but a lot of people are talking about Hidden Agenda. Yes. Have you tried that? Hidden Agenda is really cool. It's, yeah. It's really fun. It's It's better if you... Uh, and we, my wife and I had that same, same, uh, experience with that game. And, um, it was, it was something that I think if they keep pushing things like that forward, it could be its own genre that they push out into, you know, something they do every couple of months or hopefully, you know, every, you know, every, every eight months or something like that, maybe a year, you'll get another version of these games that they chopped up into smaller pieces, and you can and keep a story going, make it episodic, do some cool stuff like that. But it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm dying to try that. I think my wife would dig it, uh, and I think it kind of fits into what Paul is asking for with her story. But I think for me, the big one, the one that is like uh, drop the mic, and definitely do it with your wife. It's going to be. I think it's one of the best games of the year. What remains of Edith Finch? I think that's that's the one. Uh, Telltale's Walking Dead season one, episode one. And then if you like that, you have more to play. And if you don't, that's fine. Uh, but it's a nice bite sized chunk. It was my, I think my favorite game of the year, the year it came out. It's old. And I think it's still one of Telltale's best games and you can play it on almost anything. Yeah. Again, any other, any other suggestions, Khalifa, you want to stick with Hidden Agenda? Hidden Agenda is the one. I think yeah. It's really good. It's a lot of fun. I got to say, I love the fact that this is becoming a tradition for you, Paul, and your wife. What a cool thing to do on New Year's Eve. I'm jealous. I think that's an awesome idea. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right, guys. Let's, uh, let's wrap up the show now. We do have our parting gift coming up, so stick around for that. But, Khalif Adams, thank you so much for hanging out with us again. We certainly loved it. I love you guys. Thank you so much for always being so cool and dope with us. And it was good to see Christian at PSX. I think I missed you, Jeff, at the show. Yeah, I was bummed about that. Uh, it was again. Thank you. Every time, it's so much fun to come and hang out with y'all. I'd love to do it, and we have to. I have to figure out a way to get both of you on our show and see if we can do that too. Yeah, for sure. Um, and speaking of your show, tell people how they can find it and follow you and all the stuff you do online. Uh, you can check our show out. We're on iTunes. It's called the Spawn on Me Podcast. We've just hit our. I think our. We're gonna hit our fourth year, almost fifth year. Uh, next year, early January. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, NPR One. Uh, you can also listen to us here on Twitch every Thursday, 7.30 p.m. PST. Uh, and yeah, we're, we're having a lot of fun. Just did our Game of the Year show. Just finished our 200th show a couple weeks ago. Congrats. Thank you very much. It's been it's been a really interesting ride, but it's been mm. so dope. It's been a lot of fun. Well, I, I love this show, and I know Christian does as well. So uh, we're big fans. I hope everybody listening to this gives it a shot because it's, it's real good. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Christian, what do you got going on this week? 
Well, I want to wish a happy Hanukkah to everybody that like Jeff's dad celebrates Christmas a week early this year. Um, but no, for real, a happy Hanukkah to everybody out there celebrating Hanukkah. And then um, depending on when next week, I don't know. I also want to say Merry Christmas, Happy Winter Solstice, whatever you're doing. We have this is like a weird time with Monday episodes and then a holiday coming around. So I wanted to I wanted to say those and thank yeah. you for spending the holidays with us. We're not really sure whether we're doing an episode next week. Uh, we don't usually miss any episodes, but uh, Sunday and Monday are, are Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and Chris, Christian and I both have families that will be doing stuff. So uh, either our show will be recorded in a really weird time and therefore ha- will have to, by definition, be a special episode because it won't be about news and stuff that happened, uh, or we just won't do an episode next week, at which point we will reconvene uh, the week after with – our big uh, game of the year episode, I think. So yeah, we're figuring stay, out what. Yeah, stay tuned. Yeah, it'll be on Twitter. We'll talk about it. And then people looking for more gaming stuff for me. While I was in Salt Lake, I sat down uh, with the guys from the Three Bit Gamer Show. I think it comes out Tuesday, and they knew that we had our you know favorite game of the year episode coming up. So they were very kind and didn't make me talk through my favorites. And instead, we did some of our least favorites. Um, so we talked about like our least favorite character. Um, it was a really fun chat. So I think that comes out on Tuesday and you can find it wherever you find your podcast, the three bit gamer show. Jeff, what about you? Uh, I would like to say you can go see my Hulu show. I hosted a show all about esports on Hulu. I think the first three episodes are available right now. We've only done six total and I'm hoping we'll get a chance to do a, a second season of, of lots more of them. I think the show is pretty fun and pretty good. Uh, I'd love, love, love to hear what you guys think of it. Tell me, be honest. It is not my uh, baby. It is something that I was hired to do, but I, I think it actually came out really, really well and I'm proud of it. Um, so I'd love to hear what the DLC audiences audience thinks. And please guys don't hold back. Let me know good and bad. Uh, what you think of it. It's called defining moments. Uh, it's kind of like ESPN's 30 for 30, but for esports. So we're talking about these cool moments in history and I interview people that were there and I talk about, you know, these amazing things that you may or may not have heard about. I'm sure there'll be some moments that you're very, very aware of and remember even perhaps happening. And there probably will be a few uh, that you haven't heard of. And I think it's cool that we try to explain those and why they're awesome and what happened and why it's important historically for the sport. So give it a shot. It's called defining moments uh, esl's defining moments on hulu uh it's exclusive to hulu so you have to have a subscription to hulu to see it but uh, i would love anybody that that checks it out to drop me a tweet and let me know what you thought of it i'm on twitter at jeff canada spelled with two n's and one t and also my other video game show newest latest best is every day uh, so if you want to get up to date um have the back and forth with collins uh we do that over at newest latest best And you can find that on any platform that you find a podcast by searching for newest, latest, best, or by going to anchor.fm slash NLB. Also, um, talking Star Wars over at that slash filmcast. So you probably want to check that out too, slash filmcast.com. Okay, guys, let's wrap up the show now with our parting gift. Khalif, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their holiday week? 
two quick suggestions. If you are a fan of the hippity hops, the rap music, uh, there are two things you need to be checking out this week. Uh, the first one is from my friend. Uh, I am plugging him specifically because his music is fantastic. And he is my friend from college. He's like my best friend. He has an album called World Wonder Out. It's called uh, it's called World Wonder. His name is Phase One. Uh, it is a fantastic album. That's not just because I'm his friend and not just because he's my brother from another mother. It is really good hip hop music that you need to listen to. And if you have not seen the Black Thought Hot 97 freestyle that has been blowing up the internet. You owe it to yourself to see this man spit hot fire for nine straight minutes going in and going off. It is one of the most uh, impressive things I've seen as a fan of The Roots and as a fan of, of this particular artist in a very long time. He should be on the hip hop uh, Mount Rushmore if he is not. It is a travesty and you need to go check that out. How do I find this? I have to see this. I cannot wait to see this. How do I find it? Just Google Black Thoughts Hot 97 Freestyle. It's on everything right now. It was trending on Twitter like two days ago. And uh, one of the nastiest things you've seen on any 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 MC do in a long time. It definitely solidified him as one of the greatest of all time. Oh, man. I am doing that immediately as, as after we finish this. I cannot wait. Black Thoughts Hot 97 Freestyle. Yes. Very cool. <clears throat> Christian, how about you? Got a parting gift? Go see Star Wars. I don't know if you remained unsullied or if you're letting internet, uh, you know, backlash and impact your decision. But again, no spoilers. Go see it and just let the wonder and awe wash over you. Just ah, uh, go see it and smile and be happy and enjoy it. Go see Star Wars. I will just mention. Uh, there's a few things I was considering for my parting gift. Um, I second you on the Star Wars thing. I think it's I think it's the best stars. I really do. I don't know. A lot of people hate it, but I love I loved it. It knocked me for a loop. But I, there was a few things I was considering uh, for my parting gift. But I I think I'm going to mention uh, one of my favorite holiday movies. If there's any chance you've never seen Love Actually, uh, why not curl up by the fire, give yourself uh, a little a little bit of the nog for the holidays and watch yourself uh, a little bit of the love. Actually. I, I love that movie and uh, it's kind of a holiday tradition for us to watch that and national lampoons, Christmas vacation and Scrooged. Um, but if, you know, if you're of a generation, maybe you missed uh, love actually, or never saw it, uh, or maybe you're a dude and thought, Oh, love actually. Nah, that's not for me. <laughs> Give it a shot. It's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. And uh, we here at, DLC, I want to wish you and yours a very, very happy holiday. Uh, I do have a listener parting gift that was sent into dlcfeedback at gmail.com. You can always send in your parting gift suggestions for us there as well. Uh, this one comes from uh, Vitz Patel. I think it's Vitz. Yeah, Vitz Patel. Uh, he says, uh, Andy Weir, the author of The Martian, has a new book. It's called Artemis. And if The Martian was anything to go by, you won't be able to put this one down either. I picked it up for super cheap on Amazon UK, hoping you can get this for a great price too. Uh, I'm very excited to read uh, the follow-up to The Martian because I loved that book. And I think Andy Weir is a is a fun dude. Seems like a good guy. So a uh, cool example. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Khalif Adams and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me and you. 
uh, and uh, all of the folks in the chat room who make the show better in real time by being with us and adding commentary as we record. I should note we record now on Sunday evenings, generally speaking, um, 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. You can hang out with us by visiting uh, Christian's Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Christian Spicer, or my caffeine channel, caffeine.tv slash Jeff Canada, where we stream both of those. And um, next week, as I said, we're not certain we'll be here, but you can follow us on Twitter and find out for sure. Um, we'll, we'll see if we can make it happen, but I'm not entirely certain we can. So, uh, so if not, we will see you very, very soon. And until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.